Welcome to Science TV Neurodigest Show with me, Sylvia Moramo Chabo, your host, and my interpreter Maureen Maita. And today, yet again, we have the we have our therapist, <laughs> Mr. Irugu, <laughs> who is going to continue with our topic of speech, language, and intervention. Last week we touched on the different kinds of challenges that our children go through when it comes to communication and language, and we touched on quite a bit of uh, areas and I remember I got schooled. We all got schooled properly from our our guests. And this time round, we want to go to the solution side of things. We got to hear about what goes wrong where and how uh, the communication and language challenges manifest themselves in our children. And now we want to know, okay, so we have identified the different types. So what do we do next? How do we intervene? How do we get children to start talking because I know they, we have the delayed milestones that come so I'll ask Dr. Terry to reintroduce himself before he can tell us okay now we've identified a child has delayed speech milestones then what next? Hi viewers my name is Asamuangironko I'm a teacher I'm a therapist I have been teaching for the last 19 years so and mostly in the children in the spectrum so, so carry on. Okay, thank you. So you had 19 years of teaching children on the autism spectrum disorder. So when he's talking, he's talking from a position of authority, a position of um, experience. And he's currently doing his master's? master's. Of, yeah, he's doing a master's. So we are, we are not just talking of things we, we're not knowledgeable about, but yeah, our therapist, you will allow me to call you Dr. Terry because that's the default setting for me. <laughs> So he will be guiding us. So doctor, tell us, last time we spoke about the difference between, just take us back for one minute, yeah? Yes. The difference between speech and language, and then what happens when a child is nonverbal, then now you can tell us now, when we find out that our children are not talking at the time they're supposed to be speaking, or they're having characteristics of uh, speech challenges, what do you do next? Yes, the, the simple difference between speech Ed language that speech you must talk, you must say something, you must bring the sound out. Mm -hmm. Language you don't have to. You can sign, you can write, you can use body language, you can use gestures. Mm -hmm. Yes, you can even use silent as a language. Okay. But when it comes to speech, something must come out. And that sound must mean something. Because if you make sound which don't mean anything to the listener, then you are not speaking or you are not communicating. So that's the major single difference, which is very, very key. When you talk about the speech and the language, okay. I know I'm clear. Yes, that. Now, that, now we're very clear. Last time we were hearing it for the first time, because all of us, we just assume that yes. speech and language is the same thing. Yes. Now, something that has just crossed my mind when you say that clear distinction. Yes. So when we're trying to get to a certain between a child having delayed milestone of speech and a child actually being deaf, how do you tell it apart before we go to intervention? You know, a deaf child or a child who had hearing impairment mm -hmm. mean the cause of the language delay 
is caused because of the hearing impairment. Okay. The other one, which is a typical delay, is not caused by any hearing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Which can be done by an audiologist to see that this child was not hearing, mm -hmm. so this child is not able to speak. Okay. But a child who has hearing impairment has language. Mm -hmm. What they don't have is a speech, okay. but they have language. Yes, and that's why we say sign language, language not sign speech. Okay. It's sign language, because they, they have right. their language. Uh -huh. But the delay is because the, if you cannot hear sounds, mm -hmm. you cannot be able to imitate them. Yes, that's true. Yes, that's true. So that's the main difference between a child who has language delay mm -hmm. because of other issues mm -hmm. and a child with language delay or speech delay because of the hearing impairment. Okay. Yes. So once we've ascertained that, okay, this is what the issue is. So yes. how do we intervene? How do we get to help this child to acquire language and or speech? Simply, if a child, if we come to know that a child has hearing issues, mm -hmm. and the audiologist does their test, they see that they need something which you call hearing aid mm -hmm. to amplify. Okay. They can even recommend some modification. Mm -hmm. So if your speak, if your tone is low, then mm -hmm. they may ask you to increase their voice mm -hmm. or increase their tone. Mm -hmm. But mainly, if a child has language delay mm -hmm. and the speech delay, and now let's, let, uh, let's see, I come now to the autistic spectrum, mm -hmm. a child in the spectrum, and we know most of them, the hearing is intact. Yeah. But we know that the basic foundation of language to any child is the attention skill. Okay. So we also have to assess the attention skills. Okay. When we see that the attention skill has issues, because if you have no any, if if you are if the attention skill is affected, mm -hmm. then what will happen? You won't be able to make an effort to imitate. Mm. And a typical child acquire language and speech through imitation. Okay. So you look at your parents, you look at your sibling, how they are speaking, how the mouth and the tongue they are moving to shape the sounds, mm -hmm. and then you try to imitate what they are. Yes, mm -hmm. and we have seen that children in the spectrum, one common thing, most of them, no, not all of them, but most of them, they have difficulty in the imitation skills. Okay. So the the way we tell kids, mama, this is mama, then yeah. now they try and eat the same. The same. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. So if they don't have the attention skill, it will affect the imitation skill. Mm -hmm. It will affect the listening skill. Mm -hmm. Yes, and it also have affect the time-taking skills, mm -hmm. which are part and parcel of acquiring language and speech. Okay, yes. so time-taking is like when they are playing or something like that, when you're like, it is your turn, or is it now, okay, in this context, we're talking about conversation. Speech, if language. I say, good morning, they should know that's a prompt for them to respond, mm -hmm. right? Simply, uh -huh. when you are speaking, I'm listening to you, you're mm -hmm. keeping quiet. Mm -hmm. When I speak, you are keeping quiet. Yes. That's not untaking. That untaking yes. is a conversation. We are taking time. Okay, okay, <laughs> yes. okay. Yes. All right. Yes. So um, we have identified, and then that is that is the challenge that they normally have. That's why we say they have delay, delayed milestones yes. and they're having challenges. So what, what like for you as a therapist, yeah? Um, so how do you how do you help them now get out of this quagmire of not being able to relate? 
not being able to take turn, not being able to articulate exactly what it is that you're saying. So how do you assist them to acquire the language skill? Or what, what, what do we mean when we say about intervention? Intervention. Yeah. In, intervention, when it comes to the intervention of a child with a spectrum, is purely individualized. Mm -hmm. One child intervention is different from an, another one. Let, let's, let me give you an example. You may get a child mm -hmm. in the spectrum with what we call auditory sensory overload. Okay. Okay. So he's very sensitive. He's hypersensitive to the sounds. So he's blocking his ears uh, okay. throughout. Uh -huh. So what do you do first? Mm -hmm. You seek the intervention of the auditory sensory integration mm -hmm. through an OT. Okay. An OT. Yes. All right. If the child does not have the sensory integration, mm -hmm. uh, auditory sensory overload, mm -hmm. then you do something else. Mm -hmm. Let me give you an, uh, an example. You may get a, a child mm -hmm. who is like the high functioning, mm -hmm. whereby language, they achieve language and it will develop just like any other typical child. All right. Yes. Up to around four years. Mm -hmm. It's only at four years then you see that the pragmatic use of language mm -hmm. has an issue. Okay. So now what do you deal with? You don't deal with the speech, you, you deal with the now. Pragmatic the pragmatic side of, mm -hmm. and what I say the pragmatic is to know what to say, when mm -hmm. to say, and where to say it. Okay, like have courtesy of speech. Yes. Na and, and, and be able to know when someone is being sarcastic, this yes. is how you're supposed to respond. Yes, and just jokes, telling jokes, telling understanding jokes, jokes. Ah, okay. understanding the metaphors, mm -hmm. and sticking to the topic, mm -hmm. all those. Okay, so that's but, the pragmatic side. Yes, and mm -hmm. mostly it's happened to the student in the high function. The high function in autistic. Function. Okay, yes. question, just one question. When you spoke about um, the, the children that are, their sensory is high, yes. and about an OT, OT meaning occupational therapy, occupational for, therapy. The, for the sake of our viewers who are yes. not conversant with the, with, the, with the jargon. So how exactly does an OT play a part in that? That one is, um, I'm a bit interested to find that out. Yeah. Uh, right now, we have come to realize that some children in the spectrum mm -hmm. suffer from what we call sensory integration dysfunction. Mm -hmm. The way they integrate this sense mm -hmm. or this, uh, from, from, from the environment is different from a typical child or from me and you. Okay. Sometimes they may, they may even react to the sense of touch. There are some who don't like to be touched. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this can be seen, they, they also don't like they are, they are, they are nails to be cut. It's mm -hmm. very sensitive. Mm -hmm. they, they, they become very sensitive. Then there are some who are not sensitive. Mm -hmm. So they can even bite themselves mm -hmm. and they won't even feel pain. So it, it can go above average or below average. Mm -hmm. yes. So now the OT, using their own knowledge mm -hmm. and their own expertise, mm -hmm. try to stabilize the way we receive mm -hmm the stimuli from the environment mm -hmm. and how we integrate them in our brain. Okay, oh, so it's about just receiving an receiving integration, integration with the brain. Yes, in the okay, there's something we call earmuffs, right? Yes, yes. Earmuffs are the ones that look like headphones for the sake of our viewers and to educate the parents who are out there. So when your child has um, the high sensitivity to sound, there's something called earmuffs that blocks out uh, excessive, yes. excessive sound, right? Yes. So that one is just to control to control the sound for the children, or does it have any other special 
it's, it's mainly it's mainly to reduce because it can be overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Because what happened, they don't know how to to discriminate, mm -hmm. what to listen to, okay. and what to ignore. Okay. So you are there, mm -hmm. you're in the classroom, mm -hmm. there's a bird mm -hmm. on the roof, there's someone walking mm -hmm. along the corridor, mm -hmm. the, the chair is speaking, mm -hmm. there's another child who is opening the book. Mm -hmm. So all that got to the brain. Because most of them, or some of them, mm -hmm. they cannot be able to. Siphon. Siphon. Okay. Like for you, you can ignore the car along the road and you, and you listen to. Ah, uh, okay. Yes. Okay. So you see there is difference between hearing mm -hmm. and listening. We hear so many ah, things, but okay. we decide on what to listen to. All right. Now, that, that has been very well explained. Because yes. I was always wondering, like, I'm trying to put myself in their shoes. Like, I would be going mad. I can hear every pin drop. Yes. Okay, as I always say, that is a superpower. <laughs> I'll stick to my, it's a superpower that they have, because I like looking at the positive. But that must be overwhelming. You can imagine hearing everything. Then it must be a wild And you have to head. focus on everything which you hear. It can so, be overwhelming. So for, the, for what, what we're trying to do is to teach them to focus on what is present. It's present. And, and this one thing whereby, especially some children in the spectrum, at, at their young age, you call them and they don't respond. Oh yes, that's because, a lot. Because that they are being way overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. So, or you see that they are trying to ignore you sometimes, mm -hmm. sometimes they turn. Mm -hmm. So it's just because of being overwhelmed. So, so they are overwhelmed uh, with yes. everything that is going on. going on. So you could be one of the many things that they're hearing at yes, that moment. Sure. Yes. So it's not that they're ignoring you. Yeah, they it's just that there is too much to handle, yes. to siphon. What exactly should I respond to? Yes. Okay. And also, you also come now also to, to, to semantic. Mm -hmm. The first thing when we start to train the child in language, mm -hmm. especially the spoken language, we go to the semantic. Semantic means that they must attach words to their meaning. Also, meaningful words. Meaningful. So, if I say banana, mm -hmm. you must know what that banana means. Mm -hmm. Yes. And the mistake which the teacher do, or even some people do, is that you force the child to say words, mm -hmm. but they don't know them what this word what means. this word is all about. Yes. So that means everything has to be guided, that conversation, yes. when you're teaching yes. them, it has to be a guided conversation. Yes. So if I say, I want to tell my son, give me a book, I must have introduced what a book is before, yes. before now I can start saying, go bring me a book, yes. right? Because you, you, I think you're touched on, that is this is, that is already a doing, yes. then there is the book, which is the noun. Yes. So tentatively, how long does it take for a child to be able to grasp all this when they're having the challenges? It depends on the severity mm -hmm. and also the expertise mm -hmm. and also the teamwork between the parent and the therapist and the teacher. So, okay. And also the environment. Mm -hmm. yes, yes. Define environment. Yeah. There is some environment mm -hmm. of which they don't stimulate the language. Let me give you an example. Okay. It's on, you, you have one child, the only child, you are working. Mm -hmm. The house girl is not talkative, or the house help, or the house manager mm -hmm. is not talkative. <laughs> okay. So this child, he wakes up in the morning, after taking the breakfast, he's on the TV mm -hmm. throughout the day. You come late, you are tired, the child is asleep. That's part 
that's scenario A, scenario B. Mm -hmm. A child with other siblings, they go out, they play outside. The house girl talk to the child. Mm -hmm. There are no much gadgets mm -hmm. in the house. So we will acquire language before the other. If all other factors are consonant. I think the one with the nanny. Talkative nanny? Talkative nanny in the house, yes. Yeah, the one who goes to play with his peers. No, you, you gave us two, right? The yeah. one who stays, yes. the one who stays, talks with the nanny, talking. the one who watches TV. Because yeah, out of those two, I think the one with the nanny will talk The nanny and the siblings. And the siblings, yes. yes. yeah. So, so it's yeah. about engaging them. It's about engaging them. And as you engage them, because even before they they talk, mm. any, any child before speaking, before acquiring what we call expressive language, and let me go back here. Language mm -hmm. is divided into two. Okay. There's what we call receptive language. Mm -hmm. That's one is you are receiving. Receiving. And expressive language. Okay. That means when we are expressing ourselves now. Yes. Mm -hmm. If someone's come here mm -hmm. from Embu, Meru, mm -hmm. Ukambani, uh, they speak. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll be able to understand what they are saying. They speak in their mother tongue or they just yes, speak? Yes, in their mother tongue. I'll be able to know what they are saying. Why? But because I have that receptive language, but okay. I may not be able to speak. Oh, you okay? So, no, there is a difference. Wait, wait. When you're saying someone can come and start talking, if I don't mm -hmm. understand Meru, it will just be blah blah blah. Yes, right? for you. Yeah. Because you have no receptive language. Yes, towards that, yes, towards, towards that, that dialect, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, but I can hear, but I just don't understand. Yes. All right. But now, what I'm saying here is receptive language means that you understand. Mm -hmm. You are able to comprehend. Mm -hmm. So if I put a book, cup, and a spoon here, and a plate, mm -hmm. and I ask the child, book, mm -hmm. they go, they pick the book, mm -hmm. and they cannot say that book, the word book. That they, means they, they, they have understand. the receptive language. Okay. Now, expressive language is that I pick that book, and I show them, and ask all this, then they say book. That, that means that they have expressive, expressive language. Okay. But when we make them to repeat words, Mm -hmm. like a parrot and they have no they don't know the meaning of these words uh -huh. it just become some sound okay. to them uh -huh. which has no meaning oh so I, they're I, just saying so the, just the way we were saying the ecolalic children yeah, exactly. repeat things repeat because things. they had it somewhere they just yes. repeat and repeat yes. okay but I'm, I'm trying to just understand the way you're saying expressive so expressive is when they respond to what it is that you say yeah, exactly. what about when you want them to express what they want you see now this was you telling them and then they're doing yes. what happens when i am the child yes. and i want to say i want to go to the ladies the gents you know i'm thirsty or I want to change my clothes. So where does that fall? Now, when, when you talk about the speech therapy, mm -hmm. well, first you must know nouns, mm -hmm. then you know the verbs. Mm -hmm. Let me give you an example. Mm -hmm. What this? A pen. What this? A book. What am I doing? You're writing. Book pen. <laughs> okay, that's how they take it in. Yes. Oh, yes. because you say this is a book, this is what I yeah. do in your book pen. Okay. So now okay. what am I doing? I book pen. Mm -hmm. So now you have to show them that the action of doing this is called is writing. Writing. You have work. Okay. You okay. This okay. a cup. Uh -huh. Yes. Mm -hmm. The action of doing this is drinking. It's drinking. So now they can connect now now no. uh -huh. and the verb. Okay. You see. So, so one now you move from the verb mm -hmm. 
you go not to other abstract nouns mm -hmm. like the prepositions, mm -hmm. cap on chair, cap on the book. Mm -hmm. Then you go to the pronoun, mm -hmm. which is a main issue. To the pronouns. Ah, my, you are. They invite them to themselves. Yes. I know. I, yeah. I was trying. <laughs> I know I had posted something like that. Go. I was trying to. I was trying to see if my children yeah. understand. Yeah. Our viewers had already earlier said that I have two kids who are on the autistic spectrum. So I was trying to teach my children that I am mom, right? Yes. But then I have a name. Yes. You are Andrew. He is Bradley. Mm -hmm. So what I was trying to do, I know I had been warned about the, the preposition and stuff like that. So yes. I was like, because I, I understand in their language, it is, what is your name? And this is, it's like a third party thing. It's never, mm -hmm. I am, um, you are. So I was like, this is like mom. I'm like, mom is called mom. So I was like, mom is Sylvia, right? Then he's like, uh, you are Bradley. This is mom. I'm like, no, this is, <laughs> this is Sylvia. So until I said, um, how did I phrase it? I'm trying to remember. But it was, to me, it felt very weird the way I had to put it. Like I had to turn it to his language for him to understand I am actually asking him what mom's name is. So oh yeah, so I said, mom is called Mom, mom name is, you know, so that the, the way of understanding is quite peculiar. So I asked him, show me your brother. He understands that. Yes. Uh, like this is, he can say, this is Andrew, that is your brother. So I say, what is your brother's name? <laughs> so yeah, yeah so that, that, that connection of like the name and the fact that he's a brother, just interesting, it's like it throws them, not that they don't know, it just throws them off off balance totally. So I found that quite an interesting exercise. Yes. Pronouns, pronouns is because you may even ask who is this. They won't say my shoe. Mm -hmm. They'll say the name of the person. Their name, Mogis shoe. Okay. Yes. They so say Mogis shoe. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. you are, you ask whose shoe this is. Yeah. Then they 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 refer themselves. Uh huh. They won't. Oh, they won't say it's I, mine. My. Oh yeah, right. Are. They, They'll say my only. Yes. Okay, so now should we adjust our language to align to the way they understand it, or should we just treat it the same way that they, they, they are handling it? Like, because they, they take it in that one-on-one, -on -one, it is me, me, myself, and I, my name. So do we change our speech to, to our special children to align with that, or do we teach them the right way? We have to teach them the, the right way, because outside there, mm -hmm. people won't be able to understand them, and, and there's no wild specifically for them oh, so perfect. so yeah. we have to try our best for them to understand and once we do it practical mm -hmm. practically be able to to understand and another thing whereby we they they have deficit is the question words mm -hmm. the one like how what where yeah. who mm -hmm. when mm -hmm. so i try to come from school and you ask the child how was the day they don't one. yeah i have i've done a whole term yes, of that yes. <laughs> yeah. how was school so it was we school. must also train them uh -huh. on the meaning of those how mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. who what, what? Yes. Okay. when but, but okay you know for you you're a teacher i'm thinking the same scenario you said i live in the morning i go to work i carry all the stress that i get throughout the work place i come back in the evening then i have to embrace this different 
environment, right? Uh, after the break, I'll show you a very good practical way of doing it. Okay. Using the toys. Okay. Yes. Okay. Oh, using toys. Using you toys. Can use toys to yes. actually it's, do it. Is a very simple. It's a very simple. Ah, good. Okay. At yeah. least we'll have a practical lesson. Yes. Because <laughs> we know that auditory, mm -hmm. they are not good. So when you use auditory mm -hmm. learning part of it, mm -hmm. we also make it more difficult. Okay. But if we bring things mm -hmm. to them, toys, mm -hmm. something they can be able to, to relate to. Relate with, okay. Yes, okay. It, it, it make you are, it make the lesson enjoyable mm -hmm. and you're able to comprehend what you are saying. Okay. Yes. So when we come back, yes. now let, let, let's, let's just take a short break. And then when you come back, then you can show us the different techniques, yes. right? of how we can actually intervene in the challenges that our children go through when it comes to speech and language. At least we've been schooled on the difference of the two. We have learned how to try and have communication with us and our children. And the process, you start slowly, right? Yes. You start, and you have to show them. The things have to have meaning. So it's not an assumption that they will figure it out. So you have to really do it step by step for the parents at home. Thank you for joining us. Those who are joining us on Facebook Live, thank you. For those joining us at home, thank you. We'll go on a short break. Don't forget, our SMS number is 2058. I'll repeat again, 20508. You can send us any questions that you could be having and anything that maybe you feel we did not satisfactorily uh, dwell on, you can ask and we shall respond. You can also go to our social media pages. That is Andy Speaks 4 on, on Twitter and on Instagram, Andy Speaks, or go to our Facebook page or my personal page, Sylvia Moramo Chavo, and we shall be able to respond. Even if you go to the Science TV page, we will still get to get your questions. We'll take a short break and we shall be right back as we continue with speech and language intervention. Thank you. All right. our seventh episode of NeuroDigest here on Science TV. I'm your host, Sylvia Moramo-Chabo, for those who are joining us. And my science interpreter is Maureen Maita. And we still have our guest therapist for speech and language, Mr. Irungu Asa Wangi. All right. And before we went on a break, he was trying to explain how to try and help our children gain speech and how to teach them how to communicate. We've learned what the difference is speech and language. So we will dive right back in before we can go to the next question. So practically show us. We are very ready to understand how to teach our children some of these things. Good. This is what I was saying. Mm -hmm. uh, like For the nouns, what well, this is a cup. Yes. What well, this? That's a giraffe. That's a giraffe. Mm -hmm. Now if I ask you, what's giraffe doing? Drinking. That's a verb. Okay. But you must acquire the noun before you go to the verb. Okay. Yes. So don't skip nouns and then you go to the verbs. Okay. Okay. Yes. So now uh, I promise to show the viewers how we can train the question words. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Good. I can have um, 
a demonstration here. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, these are plates. That's a plate. Plate people. Yes, <laughs> and this is a spoon. That's a spoon. And, and this is a toy dog. It's a dog. That's a dog, okay. So I can give a very short story mm -hmm. to a child that dog is eating mm -hmm. because it is hungry. Yes, okay. That's, that's dog that. is eating because it's hungry. Then I ask the child, who is eating? Dog. What's the dog doing? Eating. Why is the dog eating? Because it's hungry? Yes. And then now, that's the way you can teach a child on the question once. All right. Practically. But how, how fast will they take to relate, especially the part of the dog is hungry? Yes. So how do they acquire yeah. that for, like, if I want them to tell me as a parent, like, mommy, I'm hungry. Because you see, this we're discussing dogs. That's yes. a, like, it's a side thing. Yes. It's but when thing. it is them, yes. how do they get to comprehend that when you're hungry is when you eat? How do you bridge yes. that gap? So now, from, from using the toy, mm -hmm. you got the story. Mm -hmm. The real life stories. Mm -hmm. Mom went to the shop mm -hmm. to buy milk. Mm -hmm. So who went to the shop? Mom. Mom. Where did mom go? Buy milk. To the shop. Where did mom go? To the shop. To the shop. Mm -hmm. Why did she go to the shop? To buy milk. So now you use now the real life experience. experiences. Okay. Okay. So you still move closer for them to understand, and then now you can go to the air. But you have to start from something concrete for them to, to understand. understand. Then now you go to the verb only mm -hmm. with no toys. So like when I want to introduce that, then uh, I'm like, okay, are you hungry? Do I give you food? Like, mm -hmm. that's the question. Are you hungry? Do I give you food? Or like, let's say, do I give you milk? Or do I give you whatever it is that no, you like? No, when, when you ask a child, are you hungry? Mm -hmm. They have to respond yes or no. Or no, yes. And some of them have an issue of understanding yes or no. Okay. So you still have to train them the meaning of yes and no. And yes and no can be used in three. Your name. Sylvia? Okay. You respond, you say yes. Sylvia? Yes. Oh, yes. yes. So <laughs> that's one way of yes responding. Okay. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Responding to your name when you are called okay. by saying yes. Oh, I've been called. Like yes. I say Sylvia, then you're like yes. 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 Then another use of yes. Uh -huh is for the factual matters. Mm -hmm. I ask you, is this a cup? Yes. Is this a plate? No. Good. I pinch you, mm -hmm. you say no. No, I oh, you. you're asking me. Yes. Because oh, now right. here, yes and no can uh -huh. use for the factual matters mm -hmm. or, the, or for the feelings. Okay. So okay. they must know how to, but now when you ask them, are you hungry? That's now for the feelings. Mm. So they must be able to know when to say yes, it went to say no, mm -hmm. but don't take it for granted. Some of them may not know when to say no and when, when to, to say, say yes. yes. So you must also train them. So that is also another concepts. training okay. yes, of yes okay. and no. Yes. <laughs> okay. You had mentioned something um, like selective mutism last time. Yes. Um, just expound on that. Like now, okay, we, we, we've gotten the concept of like how we teach them the language and how receptive and yeah the, the the full circle of how they acquire the the language skill and expressive skill so what happens to the children who one minute they will yeah will listen apart from the the being overloaded we have children who you will call and they'll be like one minute yes the next minute they're like i can't even hear you well very well you can see they can actually hear you because there's nothing better they're doing so how 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 do you deal with selective mutism 
Yeah, selective mutism means that this is a child, and not only children in the spectrum who have the selective mutism, mm -hmm. we have seen so many causes are various, mm -hmm. but selective mutism is a child who select what we are called selective, mm -hmm. on who to talk to, mm -hmm. where, mm -hmm. so two things, who to talk to, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. when. So depending and when. So you miss this child at home, mm -hmm. he's okay, he's speaking, mm -hmm. he's talking. In school, he's mute. Mute means there's no word which is coming oh, no. out of that child. That's why we mean by the word mute. The, the way you put mute on the TV uh -huh. is just the same definition, the same definition. mutism. Selective, mm. yes. So they choose when to talk, when to talk, who to talk to, who to talk to, and where and they when. will talk. So I can go to school and I'm told this boy talks okay. When they come home, they, they come choose home. they're not going to talk to yes. anyone. Or we have seen that this child only talk to this teacher. That specific person. Yes, and now here the school now say because he is not talking to other teachers. He is 10 years old, so let's see him go to the preschool. Aha, uh -huh. yes, yes. Little life story. <laughs> okay, it's not selective mutism, but I, I, I have lived with that because also Which is we, wrong, you know. we, we, when you look at the social yeah. skills, yeah. Um, these are some of the challenges we go through as special needs parents. Because this specific teacher is the only one who has a rapport yes. and a relation with, the, with your child, you find you, when we're talking about integration, I know it's a topic of another day, but now since at least it came up, that are some of the challenges we go through. Because a child is forced to stay in a specific place with a specific teacher for a while because that's where they, they express themselves. That's where they are a different person who is actually very functional at that point. So, that which I, I concur with you, it is very wrong. Because, because you're encouraging that yes. behavior, that right? Behavior. You're, you're feeding it, like, it's okay, you can just behave like this, it is yes. fine. So I don't think that's, that's something that should not be encouraged, yeah? Then, apart from selective, um, selective mutism, there was a question that had come in just in your first uh, moment. So there was, uh, we had talked about imitation skills, yeah? Yes. When we, where we did it. So there was bubble, there is bubble and unbubble, all right? Then there, we have children who, just want to just read, 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 read. Like, yes. either read, 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 or it's called what? Let me just quote and quote. High affinity to written word. Yes. So like, they, they just want, because this was, uh, this actually came into me through like a complaint. Like the parent was like, this: the child acquires a certain thing, then like, it's comics, they read anything and everything. They decide we are going to be in the side of storybooks. The parent, like the house, apparently it's a world endless of books. So, is that something one should be concerned about? Yeah, it's called hyperlexia, mm -hmm. and most of the some of the children in the spectrum suffer from hyperlexia. Hyperlexia means that high affinity to the written words. Okay. So you compare the spoken words mm -hmm. and the written words, mm -hmm. and you see this child at two, three years or four years. They have high affinity to the written words, mm -hmm. and, but not the spoken words. Mm -hmm. But which language do we achieve first? Mm -hmm. Typically, we achieve the spoken, spoken language word. before yeah. we go to the written language. language. And these are the children who, when you go out with them, they will safari come, citizen, they will come even draw that, citizen, KTN, 
science TV. Are once they see it, yes, once they see it, uh -huh. they can get to read it. Because they saw it, they read it. They, they read it. Okay. And, and they flock the magazine. You see them with the magazine, comic books, trying to read. And you look at them by the, by the ear, because I know about four boys I'm working with. Mm -hmm. By the time they are six years old, mm -hmm. they can read a big novel. But now, the problem is this one. Mm -hmm. Do they comprehend? Mm -hmm. No. Mm -hmm. They're able to read, mm -hmm. fluent, mm -hmm. but if you take that book away and then ask them, what did you read? Mm -hmm. I can. Ah, some prefer some books. Like a specific Like a specific, specific topic. Mm -hmm. Yes, about the robots. Mm -hmm. See, a child has a collection of books about the robots. Robots, 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 robots. robots, robots yes. Mm -hmm. Some, maybe animals books of animals and yes. a specific yes. topic a specific topic you know why i'm actually yes. just drawn yes. back i'm just analyzing my son he's your student i don't know yes. what, what happens when he's in school but the one thing i have noted that he knows all the television as in you've just said exactly what he does because uh there is a day he was looking at the paper it's upside down i'm looking at it, like what are you doing <laughs> and it was very serious that eh? flipping the pages but then the thing that, so long as he has seen, he will always, so when we are walking, when, when we're driving by, he will tell you, Safaricom, so and so. Remember, he only does three words, eh? Has he improved? Uh, yes, I don't yes, know, yes. I know. So I know we usually have one sentence, like mm -hmm. he does one sentence. So by the time he spots it, by the time we figure out where he's, and he's very fast. He's very fast, he will tell you, identification and whatnot, whatnot. As in Safaricom, he'll know that's a bank. That, so I'm like, so, how are you taking in all these things? And when I try for us to like, how was your day? Blank. What did you do? Blank. You know, so that correlation, I find it very complex. Yeah, because here, your son mm -hmm. is a visual learner, mm -hmm. a very strong visual learner. Okay. Not an auditory learner. Uh -huh. So anything which he said, he sees, mm -hmm. it is stored in there. Visual memory. visual memory. His visual memory is very strong mm -hmm. than the auditory memory. Okay. And then now combined with hyperlexia, now you can see something written is visual. Oh right. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. That's interesting. That's quite interesting. Wow. But if you read for him a story <laughs> uh -huh. and then you ask some few questions afterwards, you mm -hmm. see that there's now some gaps. Okay. Because he's not good in the auditory language. Yes. Now, there is another one that I want us to touch on just a tidbit, right? Um, so how does, this is the question, so how does language affect the social skill and the playing skills, like interaction with, uh, how, how professionally, like how, how would we say, what percentage does it, does it play in both um, interaction and, and learning and, you know, generally just mingling in, in society? Good. But here we come here now. Mm -hmm. Another big elephant mm -hmm. in children in the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Play skill. Play skill. Play skills is a big issue. Mm -hmm. And what they lack, you know, play is, there are so, there are so many types of the play. There's mm -hmm. what we call imaginative or the printed play. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's a functional play. Okay. There's the social play. Mm -hmm. uh, there's the play with, there's the constructive play. Okay. Constructive plays when they have blocks and they put them and they make. Ah, so that, it's that they, they construct. Yeah, they, they are so perfect. Mm -hmm. Functional play is like the ball is to be kicked. <laughs> right. So the function of the ball is to be kicked. To be kicked. So then they want to. That's the functional. 
play. Then now we come here, cooperative or the social play, mm -hmm. whereby they have to play together with others. That's an issue. Yeah. Solo play, they are very good. In fact, we have the best swimmers in our school. Oh, because it's because it's their it's own solo. Like yeah. me and myself see, and nothing else. Soccer, playing soccer means you have to communicate. Non-verbal. Oh, yes. 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 You cannot give the ball to your opponent. And you have to be so quick to read the body language of them. Mm, you are, you are team. Else, yeah. Yes. But in the swimming, mm -hmm. you have your mm -hmm. So you stick to it. Like yes. the, it's one rule. Stay yes. here, get I, there. I, I know a boy who is very good in golf. Because golf is a solo. You win, you win. Solo. solo. You lose, you lose. Solo. So yes. it's your own. <laughs> It's a me, myself, and yes, I kind yes. of a situation. But when it comes to the social games, mm -hmm. the cooperative games, mm -hmm. they have an issue. But now let's come to a child of one, two, three years. Okay. What should they have? They should have what we call imaginative play, pretend play. Mm. In the Kenya, we say chababa, chamama. Oh, yes. right. That's like, what they lack. Oh, so they don't, they, what do you mean when you say they lack? Okay. Yes, they have difficulty in imagination. Okay. okay. Yes. Not all of them. There are some who are okay, but there are some because we are saying it's a spectrum. Yes. So, like here, mm -hmm. I'll pretend to be feeding the dog. <laughs> okay. Yes. The dog is the dog is drinking. The dog yeah. is drinking. So I'll be pretending the dog is the dog drinking. Is drinking. Then mm -hmm. I take it to sleep. Yes, <laughs> sleep. This is now is imaginative. Ah, okay. So you yes. you being being creative. Yes, yeah? being, being creative. yes. But in Kenya we don't have the play therapist. But in another country we have the play therapist. Oh, there's a therapist yes. for playing. Yes, yes, yes. What do you it, do? The, like playing is supposed to be automatic. Like uh, yes, it's not automatic to a typical child, but to child in the spectrum, that's one area we assess. Mm -hmm. And you see now, you cannot separate the play skill and the social skills mm -hmm. and the language skills. They all come together. They, they all come together. So if you lack in one, of course, you're disadvantaged you're in, that, like, in, that, in that space. Yes, yes. Wow, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm still trying to think, like, there is actually a play therapist. I'm still <laughs> taken aback. <laughs> I'm still taken aback by that. Because I know I had a parent complain that I took my son to school and all they were doing is teaching how to play, play, play. And yes. you see, to a parent, that does not make sense. Especially, let's say, if you have one, one, one neurotypical child and a neurodiverse child. Then if I take them to school, you're telling me they're playing the whole day? Like, excuse me, I'm paying you to just yes. let them play, play, have play, you, play. Have you ever seen a child when they go for the for the to, for the free play during the big time. Mm -hmm. He's in one corner of the field, all alone, doing yes. his own things. Yes. Very comfortable. Very very comfortable. Yes. Mm, I so, have tried that. Yes. I have tried. I've tried yes. actually putting like it is football. You know, like football, and yes. kick the ball there. Yes. He looks at him and like pick the ball and walk away. So every other <laughs> child is looking at me like, dude, we're supposed to be playing. <laughs> but to him, yeah. you see, him is done right. He does not get that concept of, oh, I put it down, I kick it to you. Yeah. For him, it is a ball and he gets, you know, that, that attachment that they have. Yeah. So he picks the ball up and he goes with it. Then he decides who I'm going to give. So you see, for him, that is playing in its own way. But everyone else is so frustrated, like, oh my God, put it down, we're supposed to be kicking yeah, it. supposed to be kicking so when, so when you're talking about play, that, that communication of body yes. language, this is what is supposed to be done. This is how you're supposed to do it, like put yes. it down and let's kick it. Let's kick it. So how, how, how hard should you push a child to get that skill? Yeah, what we do in a school scenario, 
because it's actually a traffic. You talk to the typical child mm -hmm. on how to help this child in the ah, spectrum. Okay, okay. Because the child in the spectrum may not go to, to them. Mm. But this one, the typical child, one they understand, okay. they may go now to ah, this to child. Understand. It's easier for this one who is able to understand mm. to go to, to, the, go to the to the yes, yes, than this one to mm. go to, to a neurotypical yes. person. Yes. Now, when it comes to that, so that uh, our viewers just basically means we need to teach our children to learn to embrace yes. the different children that we have. Because through embracing is the only way we will be able to assist them, right? Sure. It is the only way we'll be able to assist. So when you're seeing a child just being solo, it's not that they're being weird. It's no. not that they're being antisocial. They could just be on the spectrum and they need that extra push. They need that welcoming ambience and that welcoming person who will be able to tell them, yeah, it's okay, come and join us. All right? Now, uh, just one more question. One more question on um, the modalities of learning. All right? There is um, different ways of how you've, you've shown us the visual. Yeah, the visual. Then you said us repeating is auditory. Yeah, it's auditory. Now, what happens to this? You have just touched on this. The persons who want to touch everything, oh, put in yes, their mouth. Because yes, yes. I know I was very concerned, like at a point in time where my son was putting everything in the mouth. And I'm like, that's not like even when it's a sleeper, he put it in the mouth. And I'm like, that's dirty. And you know, you feel so scared as a parent, but that by the end, you're finished with this, we'll be talking something different, you know? That's the way they explore mm -hmm. their world. Okay. That they are, they are, they are tactile. Mm -hmm. In fact, I do remember a boy who was a family friend in the spectrum. Mm -hmm. So I used to go out with him to the supermarket. Mm -hmm. And he could touch everything in the supermarket. Okay. Everything from the show to the last. So go touching, touching, go touching, touching everything, touching, everything, everything. Because okay. that's the way mm -hmm. he learned or he understood mm -hmm. these things. Mm -hmm. he, has, he used the tactile mm -hmm. to explore his world. Mm -hmm. For you and me, you look at something, you know whether it's smooth or rough, mm -hmm. is it? Yeah. But for someone, mm -hmm. they must touch. So that's their own way of learning. Yes. And that's their own way of getting to acquire the yes. communication and the identification. And, and these are the children who are very manipulative. Mm -hmm. Manipulative? Yeah. They, 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 they take something, they try to manipulate it. Mm -hmm. So we, we also call them, there are some uh, children, we call them kinesthetic learners. They like to manipulate things. They, they like to explore the world mm -hmm, mm -hmm. by doing. Okay. Yes. But a very good teacher should use what we call mouth sensory approach. Mm -hmm. Whereby when we say the mouth sensory approach, you use all the sensory. Mm. So visual, tactile, tactile okay, auditory. auditory. Okay. So you don't pick one. Okay. But in our school, mostly the teachers, especially in the middle, middle level, they use the auditory that mm -hmm. the child go to the class, mm -hmm. sit down and listen. listen. That's auditory. Mm -hmm. So if a job is not auditory learner, mm -hmm. what should happen? They will be left behind. Left sure. behind. Yeah. So then the child need to balance. If, if this child is a visual learner, mm -hmm. there are some gadgets now. There's some YouTube for kids. If you are maybe teaching parts of a flower, mm -hmm. why don't you bring something on on the, on the screen? screen? And then they see. Yes, yes. Okay. If it's someone who is manipulative, 
it won't cost you a thing to go and bring Black a flower. flower from outside. Yes, and then you bring it to the child, and then this apeto, this mm -hmm. filament, this under. Uh -huh. And when they do that, and they touch it, and they smell, mm -hmm. they will never forget. Wow. Yes. We have been schooled once again. <laughs> so at least one greatest takeaway from today is we better learn to embrace. We better learn to teach the way our special needs children understand. So you have to understand what is your child's style of learning when it comes to communication in terms of language and speech. And then we just let them be and we encourage them and we put in the time and the effort, right? Yes. And also the environment. Let's make the environment conducive. Let's have that conversation. And remember we were taught, start with the nouns. It has to make sense to them. Then go to the verbs. Then go to the pronouns. The pronouns the then now you go prepositions. Step by step. Then from there now you can go to what we call question words. Oh, the question words. The question yeah. words. Now from there you go to other abstract yes, no. Yes, no question. Before you go now to the spontaneous social conversation. Wow. Okay. Yes. That's now the way now we are conversing. We're conversing more one yes. one. And, and we also must know that not all these children will get to that level. Mm. Oh, yes. Yes. yes, not all of them. Not, not all of them. So we must be honest, very honest. Mm -hmm. No, not all of them. We will may get to that level. Mm -hmm. But if they don't get to that level, what do we do? Mm -hmm. And that's why we said last time there is we can use alternative way of communication. communication. Yes. Well, that was we, what we were talking we about. We can still use that sign. Sign language. Uh, which we call the marketing sign, sign language. Sign. We can use pegs. The pegs, which is the yeah. use of photos to express communication. Yes. Now there are some gadgets. That, that actually teach. Yeah, yes, yeah. A child can just use a tablet to communicate. To communicate. You. Yeah, if you want to go for a short call, you just go and show, and you, show you what it is. Yes, what it is. So again. these are apps on the phones? Yes, and the uh, yes, yeah. Okay, so at least assistive technology is helping us as parents. So um, we, you can drop us a message. We'll try and have uh, our therapist contacts just in case you'd like to proceed with these questions, ask questions further. And remember also our SMS numbers will still be open. And next, uh, next week we shall be still on autism. Remember, we say we are going to break it down until we all get to understand it. So we've done early, early intervention, we've done speech, and we shall be moving to occupational therapy, both at home and what is actually done when they go for a therapy session so that it is actually a bit inclusive. You heard some of the speech actually requires the OT or occupational therapist to help our children. So for those who've been with us throughout the entire episode, we want to say thank you. And we hope you'll join us next week, same place, same time here on Science TV with me, your host, Sylvia Moramo Chabo, and our interpreter, Maureen, who's done awesome. Thank you. And thank you to Dr. Terry. Because he has schooled us, okay, he said therapist, so our uh, beloved therapist want to say thank you. And at least now I understand my child better. And I hope you back at home you also have. So don't forget, you can drop us your messages on our social media pages also. So until next time, it's good night and goodbye from here.